Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome. Today, I'm sharing some big lessons that I have learned in my 11 years in business. That's right. I've been in business for 11 years. It was 2010 when I jumped into being an entrepreneur, incorporated a company for myself and hired the first person to work for me. So on one hand, that feels like a really long time ago and it makes me feel a little bit old. But on the other hand, it actually just feels like yesterday with so many experiences jam-packed in between then and now. So since then, since 2010, I've hired over 50 people to work for me. I've literally interviewed thousands of people for my clients. I've started three businesses, I've sold one, and I have learned oh so many lessons, both from my own journey, but also from my experiences working with so many amazing clients doing amazing things in their businesses. So the types of businesses that I've worked with are service businesses, online businesses, coaching businesses, travel, retail, manufacturing, even food services businesses. So, so many different industries and different types of businesses, people doing different things every day. But when it comes to people, everybody shares different versions of the same challenge. And that is how do you find great people? Then how do you motivate them to do what you want them to do in the most autonomous way possible and get everybody having a bit of fun along the way? So my leadership lessons that I'm sharing today cover hiring, leadership, and also some general being in business tips. And I am sure there are going to be lots of nuggets for you. So some things that you'll be able to take and apply to your business right now. So regardless of where you are on your business journey, I'm sure there's going to be some great things in here. So without any further ado, let's dive in and start with lesson number 11. So build a business that gives you a life, not a job. So this one is really close to my heart because my first business, I actually created almost a replica of my corporate job that I left. So I was also in a business partnership that in hindsight wasn't quite right for me. And what I did was I created myself a job and I was working in a way that wasn't sustainable for me. I was working harder than ever and I physically was working in a way that wasn't right for my life for the long term for many reasons, including wanting to start a family. So I didn't actually build that business with clarity about my role what I wanted to do, what I wanted it to look like and feel like, what my zone of genius was. And I didn't build that business or build people around me so that I was doing the role that I loved and I was great at most of the time. So what happened was I woke up one day, it was about four years into having that business and realized that I just didn't love what I'd built. I didn't love the role that I had and I didn't love the business that I had built. And of course, unraveling that was painful and costly. So the big lesson here that I want to share with you is focus on building a business that gives you a life, 
a job, a role that you love, not just a job that pays you an income. So lesson number 10 is build your team based on you as an individual. So seriously, even the most loyal people, so most amazing people are going to come and go from your business. So even if they're amazing, they're loyal, they love you, you love them, they will come and go from your business at some stage. But it's you who's going to be in your business and there for the long haul. So you need to almost pace yourself for the marathon, which is having a business, by making lots of tiny micro decisions that lead to a macro, so a bigger picture business and a bigger picture life that you love and that works for you every day. So build your team based on you as an individual. So I know that in the early days in particular, it's so easy to fall into the trap of being too flexible. So too flexible with yourself and what you're willing to do and how you're willing to do it, especially in those early days and years in business. I know that it's almost totally normal to be operating from a space of almost gratefulness. So, you know, you're grateful. You're like, yay, I'm so pleased that someone's working with me and they're helping me or yay, I'm so pleased I've got clients. And often it's that gratefulness which translates us into being super flexible for our clients, for our team. So that might look like too much flexibility around how many hours you're putting in, how much time you're spending at your desk or away from your family. Or it may be too much flexibility in relation to the people that you hire and flexing to what they are and aren't willing to do or when they are or aren't willing to work. It might even be something as simple as being too flexible about when you're having your team meetings, like you might be having them at a time when it suits everybody else, but it's not actually great for you. Maybe, you know, you're not holding great boundaries when it comes to having do not disturb me days when you can actually just get your head down and get some things done. You're the constant in your business. You're the one who's there for the marathon. And whilst you will definitely have lots of team members who will be with you for a long time, at some stage, most people will probably come and go, but you'll be there forever. So you've absolutely got to pace yourself. And the way you pace yourself is by getting really clear on what works for you and what doesn't, and then building your business from those foundations and bolting on people by way of team members and bolting on any little bits of your business from that place of clarity around what is actually going to feel really great for you both now and in the long term. So lesson number nine, hire great people to work with you, but don't cling to them. Now, this is a really tricky one because your first five people you have you're working with you are super critical. And let's face it, those people give you life. When you first build a business, and maybe that's where you are at the moment, you know, you're probably doing so many things. And when you start delegating, handing things over, it's almost like these people that you hand to allow you to breathe a little bit more, which is just oh so amazing. But if you find yourself feeling clingy, it's leaving you awake at night or you're feeling a little bit desperate, wanting goodness, if this person was to leave or to not turn up to work, the business would be totally stuffed, then that's your early red flag that your business is missing a system or a process or just something that puts a buffer between your business and that person. And it's something that you don't want to have to realize or deal with when and if the person chooses to leave. Because people leave for all sorts of reasons that are totally outside of your control and are totally have nothing to do with you as an individual. So if you're in a position now thinking, gosh, if that person didn't come into work one day, 
we wouldn't know what to do or we wouldn't know how to do something, then you need to take action right now to make sure your business can sustain beyond anyone on your team. So hear me when I say this is definitely something that you need to take action on right now. That can be as small as simply recording or asking the person, can you record how you do this so that I can do it one day if you're on holidays? So it may be, you know, bigger than that and creating a bit more like a systemization project, but you get to start small. So it's this clinging energy that, oh goodness, if this person didn't turn up, we wouldn't know what to do. Or if this person didn't turn up, we wouldn't know how to do it. Or if this person didn't turn up, we wouldn't even know how to log in. If you've got any of that sort of clinging energy sitting around, that's a huge red flag that usually there's a system missing and you need to take some action on that straight away. Lesson number eight, don't underestimate the power of systems when it comes to your freedom. So simple systems allow people, allow the people on your team to know what should happen when, when you're not around. And being not around is your ticket to freedom. So being able to be not around is your ticket to freedom. I had a great friend once who built a business to sell it. So from the outset, he knew that he was building a business with the end goal being that he was going to sell it. And one of the things he did was he had a really clear strategy of going on regular holidays to step out of the business so he could see how the business functioned without him. So at first he was away for just a few days and then he went away for a few weeks and eventually a few months. And each time he went away, he'd come back and he'd look for, well, what didn't work this time and what system do we need to make sure it works without me? Now, you may not have any sort of goal like that to ever sell your business, and that's totally fine. But what you will want to do and what you should want to do is be able to take space from it. That might be a holiday. That might be some time out. That might be just setting the business up so that if you were to be sick, then, you know, you're able to take the time you need. So by thinking about systems now, then you're putting that space into the business and that function into the business so your team know what needs to happen when and how it should happen so it won't feel like such a big deal when you want to take that holiday or if you need to step out of the business for whatever reason. Lesson number seven, always be asking yourself as the CEO, just because I can, should I? So every single one of my clients is a highly capable, amazing, high-performing person. But the problem with highly capable people is that as a highly capable entrepreneur, you can do so many things yourself. And that's amazing. And in the early days, that's what helps us get profitable. That's what helps us grow fast. I totally get it. But that pace and that concept of doing everything or doing so much yourself is just simply not sustainable if you actually want to grow. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that you can only grow to a certain point with just you. If you really want to get to that those big dreams and you really want to scale, then you absolutely need other people coming along on the ride for you. So at every stage of your business, regardless of where you are, whether you're just starting out, whether you've been in business for some time, whether you've got five people working for you or 10 people working for you, you should constantly be asking yourself, just because I can, should I? So do I need to learn this new thing? Do I need to work out this new thing? Or should I pay someone else to show me how to do it or to do it for me? Because time is the one thing that we only ever have a fixed amount of, so we need to use it wisely. And it's a constant challenge for all of us at every stage of business. Lesson six, create an always improving normality or culture in your business. 
And what this will do by making this concept of always improving, we're always trying to get better, a business norm, and a business norm is when it becomes part of your culture, what this will do is keep you taking action, but it will also keep you striving for greatness. So the reason this is like a really big lesson is because I know myself that it's so easy to get stuck in trying to work out the right way to do something. And getting stuck means often we either slow down doing it at all or we just don't do it all. So this can happen to us as entrepreneurs when we're trying to do something new, when we're trying to launch something, when we're trying to take a new action, we're trying to get something off the ground, you know, create a new product, whatever. But the thing is, it can also happen to your team. So they can get stuck trying to work out the right way to do something because they don't want to let you down or they want to do it really, really well or they want to be seen to be going beyond. But by creating a let's always be improving culture, you're saying to your team, do your best, but always be open to feedback and opportunities for doing it better. And you're also saying this to yourself. So by saying it to everybody, by making it a business norm, by creating it part of the culture, you're also holding yourself accountable to constantly be moving forward and taking action. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, but I'm feeling so stuck, oh, just ask yourself, what is one way that I can take a step forward here? And what can I potentially learn along the way? Maybe you've hired somebody for your team and they didn't work out and now you're feeling a little bit afraid and stuck to hire again. Maybe you need to have a tricky conversation with a team member and you're putting it off because you don't know what to say or the right way to phrase something. Just ask yourself, what action can I take to help me step forward here? And maybe that action is actually just asking for help. Maybe the action is having a go and learning along the way. So you might make a small mistake or you might make a huge one. But with this always improving culture, what you'll do is you'll create a system or a flow of do, learn, tweak, do, learn, tweak. And you'll eventually do, learn, tweak your way to greatness, both as an individual, as a leader, but also as a business. So my current business in its current format feels oh so amazing, but that's largely because of all the lessons I've learned along the way. And I promise to share heaps about my other business ventures throughout these episodes, but what I want you to do is to confidently move forward, knowing that you'll get what you need, which won't always be what you expect, but you'll be moving forward, learning lessons, striving for greatness, and always be improving along the way. Lesson number five, find a mentor or a coach. So somebody who can help you prioritize and decide what's important. So somebody who can actually guide you is worth their weight in gold because there is always so much to do, regardless of what level you're at, what stage you're at in business, there's always so much to do. And the reality is, is that we all need somebody to guide us as to what to do first. So what's important? What systems should I be focusing on? What activities should I be focusing on? What people should I be hiring? What questions should I be asking? So don't be afraid to invest in advice from the right person with the right experience relevant to what you're trying to do. And be vigilant in screening who the right mentor is to make sure that they do actually have the right relevant experience for you. So you might be surprised to hear that when I work with my clients, I even work with them on supporting them to choose, well, which mentors and coaches are right for you. So we strategically look at what do you need to learn? What 
stage are you at? Where do you want to go? Now, who is the right person to support you to get there? So make a really conscious decision, a really considered decision with clarity about what you want to learn and then go all in with that person. Lesson number four, when it comes to hiring anyone, whether it's a coach, whether it's a team member, whether it's an employee or a subcontractor or or you're engaging an external consultant to help with you, think about the return and the value that they'll bring to your business before you engage with them. And just make that concept of where's the value, what value do I expect, what return do I need, what return do I expect, part of your hiring decision. So I get my clients to answer the question, if only I can stop doing X, then I can get on with what? If they're hiring somebody, you know, that they want to hand over jobs to. So if they're looking to delegate to somebody, we answer the question, if only I can stop doing X, then I can get on with what? Or the other question is, if only we knew how to do what, then we'd be able to do what? And that's when you're coming to sort of investing in skills or looking for a coach or a mentor or hiring in a consultant to actually bring real skills and experience to the table. So regardless of who you're hiring, think about the value and the return that you need and want back from somebody that you're investing in. And by thinking of this in advance, it'll help you to feel really grounded and confident in your decision. And then you're less likely to get the wobbles down the track when the dollars start going out the door and the return hasn't kicked in yet. So when you're thinking about the value they're going to bring and you're thinking about the return you expect, you can also think about when it's likely that you're going to start seeing results and what they look like. And that'll help you to stay really grounded after you've made the decision. Lesson number three is that everything usually takes longer than you expect. So very relevant to what we're just talking about is the return and the value that you expect from anybody that joins your business. It's really important to have success indicators outlined in advance because everything typically takes longer than we expect. And because I'm sure you're a highly capable, high-performing, amazing entrepreneur, you're probably doing things really fast or really well. So when you do go to hand it over to somebody, even if they're amazing, they're probably not going to quite do it to your standard for a little while, unless, of course, you're hiring in a skill or something that you actually don't know how to do. So it's super important to have success indicators whenever you're hiring anybody to work with you. So even when great people do join your business, it can take them a while to get up to speed and to be doing what you define as an awesome job. And whilst it's fantastic to have a time frame in mind for when you actually expect them to be you know, fully performing or doing the job really well, what is also great and if not better is to have indicators mapped out which will show you that they're making good progress towards that ultimate success that you want them to be doing or showing or taking off your hands. So for example, if you're hiring an operations manager to come in and take over all the day-to-day operations from you, an indicator might be that they're running, say, a portion of your business without any involvement from you and everything is going really smoothly. And then full success, so them being fully up to speed, might be them running the whole operation, so all the bits of your business, and you being able to take a holiday and not even open your laptop, for example. So you look to have an indicator of success, so which, which means that you can tick it and be like, okay, cool, we're on track. And then we also need to have a really great description of success so we know what the 
bigger picture, the bigger thing is that everybody's working towards. The lesson number two, the second biggest lesson is when things go wrong, look for the opportunity and the lesson. So in every situation, there's always an opportunity if you choose to look for it. And in my experience, it's usually an opportunity to improve a system, a process or a person. And sometimes that person might be you. So being the CEO can be really, really tough on some days. You'll find yourself, or I'm sure you do find yourself with lots of balls in the air, relying on lots of people. And sometimes balls get dropped and sometimes everything might even come crashing down. Now I get it. In that moment, there's heaps of emotion that comes with it, heaps of stress, probably heaps of overwhelm, and it never happens at a great time. You know, feel the feels for sure. But as soon as you can, move beyond the emotion and look for the opportunity and look for the lesson. And if you can learn to flex this opportunity and lesson muscle when just one or two balls are being dropped and learn how to reflect on the situation from an angle of curious rather than furious, then the ups and downs of business will start to feel a little bit more normal and we can start to feel more emotionally stable as things go wrong and it can start to become just a normal part of business because the reality is is that business doesn't always go perfectly all the time. Things will go wrong, balls will get dropped, but if you can get curious to find the lesson, the opportunity is there for you when it comes to how to solve it and how to prevent it happening again. So this leaves me with the number one biggest lesson that I've learned and that I want to share with you today. And that is specificity is the secret to success. So when you're hiring, when you're delegating, when you're creating goals, gosh, when you're even manifesting your best dream life, getting really good at getting really specific is so key to being successful. I wish somebody had taught me this concept so much earlier. Wishy-washy descriptions get wishy-washy results. So when you're delegating to a team member, get specific. When you're outlining a project, get specific. When you're creating your business goals, get specific. When you think you're specific, when you've gotten specific, you think you've got specific, challenge yourself to get even more specific look for assumptions, look for something that might be confusing to somebody else. When you go to explain it to somebody, get them to explain it back to you to double check that you've been specific enough. This is the difference, for example, between saying, I want to hire somebody to do a great job at my social media versus I want to hire someone who can set up my social channels, write the content, create the images, come up with the hashtag, schedule the posts, read the comments, measure the results. And a great result would be doing all of that and our followers growing by 20% each month. We attract five people and do our opt-ins every month and we've got a 30% engagement on every post. That's specific. So the former is wishy-washy and the latter is really specific. And that specificness gives you and everybody on your team the power to get specific in what they're chasing and what they're doing. My biggest number one lesson that I'm sharing with you today is exactly that specificity, (laughs) that word, let's just say get really specific and it's the secret to success. So I'm going to run through them again from the top really quickly. So number 11 was build a business that gives you a life, not a job. Number 10 is build your team based on you as an individual. 
Number nine is hire great people to work with you, but don't cling to them. Number eight was don't underestimate the power of systems. When it comes to your freedom, systems will set you free. Number seven is always be asking yourself just because I can, should I? Number six was create an always improving culture in your business so that you are always taking action but also striving for greatness. Number five is find a mentor or coach and make sure that they have the right experience for you and be really vigilant when you're screening them. Number four was when it comes to hiring anybody, think about the return and the value they'll bring to your business before you engage with them. Number three is everything will probably take longer than you expect, so make sure you have success indicators outlined in advance. Number two, when things go wrong, look for the opportunity and the lesson. And number one, specificity is the secret to success. So there you go. They are my 11 leadership lessons from my 11 years in business for myself and what I've also learned from coaching and consulting to my amazing clients. So I hope you found a nugget or two in there that can help you right away in your business. And as I said before, it literally feels like yesterday that I incorporated my first company and hired my first person to work with me. So Steph, if you're listening, you are amazing. She worked with me for two years, by the way, which, you know, feels like a lifetime ago and I totally loved her. So I know how exciting it is hiring your first person, building your team and growing your business. It's such an amazing time. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to leave me a review and let other people know by sharing it on Instagram and tagging me. My handle is Paula Maidens Consulting. And if you'd like to share which lesson stood out to you as well, that would be fabulous. So thank you so much for joining me today and keep an eye out for the next episode where we'll continue the conversation about all things people, business and leadership on the Big Dreams, Great Teams podcast. Bye for now.